Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're really going to talk about making yourself as successful as possible and taking the steps that we might need to be taking, especially right now in the middle of this pandemic, everything that's going on. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's next? I'm, I'm voting for Godzilla or aliens. That really is my vote. Um, you know, and, and so we're going to be talking with someone today who is an expert in this. And so please join me in welcoming Dr. Andy Garrett to our program. Welcome, Dr. Andy. Hello, Deb. So excited to be here. Thank Great. you for letting me join you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So a licensed psychologist and life coach, Dr. Andy Garrett has invested decades of his life into understanding and codifying the intuitive spiritual essence of authenticity into an organized, research-backed, defined, and modulated personal growth course called Authentic Growth Blueprint. This digital master course is the byproduct of what Dr. Andy has learned in his 15 years of work in a private practice setting in Newport Beach. The life lessons he received from his grandfather, who's none other than Carl Karcher, a successful entrepreneur and the founder of Carl's Jr.'s household brand. Oh my gosh, love them. And they don't have them here in the South. It's just tragedy. Um, his grandfather taught him what it meant to live with authenticity and how to value relationships in a way that are completely transformative and will create a meaningful legacy and his deep understanding of the science supporting the benefits of positive psychology, especially as it pertains to the development of character and establishing character-based relationships. Dr. Andy has developed a uniquely powerful, compelling, and practical description of what it really means to be authentic, and then he provides a step-by-step -step blueprint for how to establish an authentic identity and purpose, and how to develop authentic connection and community. Dr. Andy strives to practice what he teaches with his beautiful, and I've seen pictures of them, and <laughs> beloved family, and by being an active member and contributor to his local community in Newport Beach, California. So again, Dr. Andy, welcome. Thank you. I love the way you read that. I, I should have, have to maybe borrow that, the enthusiasm and inflections. Um, it got me excited hearing it. Perfect. Like, I that's love not it. easy to do. I love it. I love it. Well, let's go back just a little bit. Tell us how it is that you decided and, and discovered that this is your passion in life. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew from an early age that I enjoyed deep relationships, okay. right? Like I think part of it was probably adapting to my childhood, mm -hmm. but I got really good at listening and asking questions. Okay. And I noticed even in like junior high and high school, mm -hmm. a lot of people just naturally opened up to me. Right. Okay. They would share things with me that they would mm -hmm. often say, I'd never shared this with anyone before. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it was easy for me not to judge mm -hmm. people. Um, mm -hmm. And so people felt safe around me. Mm -hmm. And so I, my 
life certainly took some interesting turns uh, in high school where I, I kind of was a little rebellious. Um, I had some amazing therapists and coaches that actually mm. helped me kind of work mm-hmm. through some of those issues. Um, and so, you know, when I finally, you know, did get on the college train, um, mm-hmm. psychology was an easy choice for me, mm-hmm. something that was fascinating, something I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I loved helping people. I loved mm-hmm. getting in and, and really trying to make a difference um, and changing the way people think and mm-hmm. helping them to believe in themselves. The specific authenticity course, you know, I, I had a business coach a couple, about two years ago mm-hmm. um, who started asking me about uh, my business model and how I wanted to scale it. And if I was more motivated by success or significance, mm-hmm. and that was an interesting question. And as I thought about it, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm motivated by both, mm-hmm. but the significance part really is what struck me right. as wanting to have impact, right? Mm-hmm. It's really, how could I scale? Mm-hmm. And the way I was doing my business at that point mm-hmm. was really, it's just kind of a one-on-one model, right? Mm-hmm. I was doing some, you know, coaching at organizations. Mm-hmm. I was doing some speaking but mostly doing the one I'm you know, selling my time for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way to scale that was to continue to raise my prices right. or to spend more and more hours at the office. Mm-hmm. And I, Away I from that beautiful home. family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I often would get home and my, my family would be asleep and that was oh. just, it was soul crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so when I started to think about if there was something I had to teach and there was something that I could really you know, offer mm-hmm. and then create it maybe at a price point where I could impact more people mm-hmm. um, and just spread my influence, mm-hmm. um, what was it that I wanted to teach? Mm-hmm. And so I really started thinking about the people that had the biggest impact on me. Mm-hmm. One of them, of course, being my grandfather, mm-hmm. um, who really had a, a huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I started deconstructing, like, why was it that he had such a huge impact on me? What mm-hmm. was it about him? And it was it was him. It was like, you know, the essence of who he was. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at what I call authentic exemplars, Mm -hmm. people that have uh, incredible influence and they have inner harmony so that they really create holistic success. Mm -hmm. You know, they are not compartmentalizing as very Mm -hmm. successful business people, but then, you know, they leave a trail of broken relationships everywhere they go. Mm -hmm. They're people that have beautiful relationships. Mm -hmm. They have invested in their family, deep relationships there. And I think it just comes from having a sense of clarity in who you mm-hmm. are, the impact you want to have on people. Mm-hmm. So when I started looking at that and said, all right, because you know, authenticity is a word that definitely gets overused. Right. So I think even as a psychologist, I was like, all right, mm-hmm. what does this word even mean now? Mm-hmm. I, have, I see it sometimes used in a way that justifies, I think, a fixed mindset, mm-hmm. a way that, you know, this is just who I am. And if you don't right. like it, deal with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, we see that all the time. <laughs> You're not going to change me. This is the way yep. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've seen it used in a way that justifies, I think, really uh, inconsiderate and selfish behavior, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm going to be brutally honest. And, this and, is who and I am. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I think it's given authenticity kind of a bad name. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I was reluctant to use that name, but the more I thought about the who my grandpa was and why he was so impactful to me and I think you know, thousands of other people, mm-hmm. it was really authenticity. So I sat down with about a hundred people, mm-hmm. family, friends, colleagues, mentors. And I said, all right, let me see if I really can get a good understanding of mm-hmm. what authenticity is. So I asked them a set of questions qualitatively, you know, when you are feeling authentic, how would you describe that? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what is your authentic self? Mm-hmm. And I got these answers and I started to see these patterns emerge that authenticity was really about who you want to be when you feel most free, right? It was mm-hmm was the kind of the best expression of yourself mm-hmm. when you weren't afraid of judgment, you weren't being persuaded by guilt or, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, when you really in an authentic relationship, there was a sense of trust that mm-hmm. word kept coming up. Mm-hmm. I feel so safe and secure. Right. And, and, and also I trust myself. 
Like I feel really in touch, mm-hmm. right, with the best parts of me, my values, things like that. And so I started really looking at if I was going to teach this, what psychological principles mm-hmm. would line up with these descriptions that people mm-hmm. are describing mm-hmm. that you know equals authenticity. And so that was kind of the genesis, or that was how the course came together. As mm-hmm. I really deconstructed all those answers that I heard, I deconstructed doing a lot of research and reading on authenticity mm-hmm. to try and create a framework of asking questions. Because there is no universal sense of authenticity, like, right? You know what authentic authenticity means to you, and how that would mm-hmm. manifest for you, and how it would manifest for me certainly is different. And mm-hmm. the idea is not to create a bunch of people that are mimicking Carl Karcher or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, far from it, right? My grandpa wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it's about finding kind of the, the you know the inner sense of inner clarity mm-hmm. of, of who you are. And I think when you really understand who you are, what's important to you, and mm-hmm. you live in alignment with that you have this almost subtle influence. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you, you don't need to force your opinion on other people. Mm-hmm. You simply live in alignment with that. And people often want to rise up to be right. better versions of themselves mm-hmm. around you. So mm-hmm. I know there's a, there's a long answer to, to oh, your no, question. It's perfect. But. It's perfect. Well, and you know, now more than ever, I think people are struggling with this, um, you know, and, and part of it is because we've been thrust home, <laughs> you know, we're not out and about. We have time to be self-reflective. That's okay. I mean, you know, and, and, but initially we had the, golly, we might lose our job, you know, what's yeah. going to happen when we go back? We might get sick. I mean, all of those various things. And then unfortunately, we had the race issues that came in. And I think that really started getting people thinking about who they were and what they believed. Um, yeah. you know, and, and then you toss in social media, which is telling us, this is the way you have to be. This is yeah. the way you have to believe. And if you don't, you're a horrible, awful person. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's been interesting. Maybe it's, you know, because of, you know, I'm, I'm a little more mature, but, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I I look at it and a lot of it, I mean, I'm just like, okay, whatever. But it, it really does make you stop and think about what's going on. You know, even if it's just kind of peripherally thinking, wow, did I ever treat somebody like that? Or, you know, what would happen if I lost my job? You know, my, my job is my identity. You know, I've yeah. been doing it for three months, three years, 30 years, you know, all these various things. And then again, we, we're home. We've got all this time to think, even though we're having to be teachers, we're having to, you know, all these various other things that, you know, and, and you add that in there too, that, you know, many people, your, your kids are, are young, but, you know, you still had some teaching, you know, because they were in schools. Um, but, you yeah. know, the, the people who had older kids, they're thinking, oh my gosh, I, I have to now be their teacher. <laughs> and yeah. so it's just, it's caused all sorts of angst. <laughs> there's there's got to be a better word, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a very confusing time for an awful lot of people. I think angst is a terrific word to describe a lot of what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in some regards, uh, and, and I don't say this uh, in, in hopefully an insensitive way, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, being at home with my family, I feel more aligned actually with my family mm-hmm. values. So mm-hmm. in, in some regards, while there certainly is a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. and there's a lot of anxiety, you know, even that, that I'm carrying, mm-hmm. I feel happier because right. I, you know, really feel centered and anchored mm-hmm. in those values. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am aware that there are a lot of people mm-hmm. out there that are, you know, uh, quarantined mm-hmm. into really bad situations. Right. And so oh, yeah. you know, I have a lot of empathy. Or alone. I, I'm not sure who yeah. I feel worse for someone who yeah. may be in a, in, 
in potentially um, a, a violent situation or, you know, yep. something like that. Or my friends who are single. I mean, it's just to, it, the mental health issues can be yeah. just as devastating. Yeah, I cer- certainly am hearing, you know, not not a, a ton within the clients that I have, mm-hmm. but I am he- I'm hearing stories mm-hmm. of you know, some, some people really struggling and, and, you know, people, um, and even worse, the, the mm-hmm. violence issues is certainly mm-hmm. things that I'm hearing too. So mm-hmm. my heart goes out. This is, this is a tough time, right? you know, and I, and I think, you, you know, defining identity in mm-hmm. this is, you know, I, I've gotten asked the question a few times is I, I heard, heard people describe that we're in the great pause, right? I don't know if you've heard that term. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe it was, I can't remember where I heard that from right now, but um, you know, and, and so there really is an opportunity in some mm-hmm. regards for, as you said, reflection, mm-hmm. So a few people have asked uh, me, you know, in this time, what skills should I be focusing on right, right now to really enhance, you know, my value so mm-hmm. that when this does start to, you know, things start to get mm-hmm. back to quote unquote normal, you know, that I'll position myself mm-hmm. to really, you know, take off and, and recover as quickly right. as possible. Mm-hmm. And my response is I really thought about that. You know, I think traditionally the idea was to always focus on kind of quote unquote, those hard skills, mm-hmm. right? Get better as a technician or right. get better in, in your professional mm-hmm. skills. Take an online think, class, read a book, yes. all those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly I am not saying that's not important, but mm-hmm. I, I think now more than ever focusing on those soft skills, mm-hmm. right. Of really working on things like social intelligence, mm-hmm. working on things like, you know, I think really discovering your purpose and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, getting in touch with those values and discovering mm-hmm. your identity you know, I think more that you can establish in our harmony mm-hmm. um, and, and then line your lineup, your life up with the, the virtues and character mm-hmm. strengths and, you know, what intrinsically motivates you. I think that's where you're really going to see that you're able to choose jobs really that bring out the best in you, right? right? That you're going to um, develop leadership skills mm-hmm. that are going to have great. Because I think the days of being incredibly proficient or having great technical skills mm-hmm. to be really great at your job, mm-hmm. having really bad people skills, where are you? don't recognize the impact mm-hmm. you have on people and you tend to create kind of toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. I just don't think being great at your job, but bad at people um, right. skills, mm-hmm. I think that's not going to be tolerated so much mm-hmm. anymore. Right. I think people are really, you know, kind of speaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it's really, you know, your best bet right now would really, you know, if you can focus on both, mm-hmm. you know, then sky's the limit right. for those right. individuals. Mm-hmm. But if you had to choose between the two, um, I would highly suggest that I mean, a lot of smart companies, right. Mm-hmm. Are, are, focusing on character and attitude first, mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at people that had the highest test scores, mm-hmm. the people that are most proficient, because they recognize that company culture mm-hmm. is, is right. so essential. Yeah. You can teach them how to do Excel, <laughs> you know? yeah. but you can't teach them to be a good person. Yeah. 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 It certainly is a much more difficult mm-hmm. in the you know, wake of, of damage that it can cost in right. the process of trying to get there is mm-hmm can ha- have a huge impact on your business. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what I know, you know, one of the things that, that I'm certainly encouraging is people to take this time mm-hmm. to really do some self-reflection, to do some work. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading an article a while back on some of the most impactful and effective uh, leaders um, out in the world. And mm-hmm. they were asked to, you know, like what was the number one skill that they attributed their leadership prowess mm-hmm. or, you know, um, ability to, and self-awareness was the was the answer mm-hmm. that came up consistently, right. right? As they really understood mm-hmm. who they were, they understood the impact they had on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think self-awareness is really critical. Mm-hmm. To I've said this before, you know, in, in a day where people seek efficiency, mm-hmm. and you know, people are often looking for um, ways to do hacks. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think self-awareness is the greatest success and happiness hack. Right. You know, it, 
I don't believe in shortcuts. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's nothing beats hard work and persistence. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to fast track and be most efficient and really creating happiness in your life and really mm-hmm. being successful, the more that you can be self-aware so that you're choosing positions mm-hmm. and relationships, right, that really align mm-hmm. with who you are and what lights you up. Um, you know, you're just going to find that that success and happiness happens with greater consistency, mm-hmm. frequency, and intensity. Right, right. You know, and it's interesting to to be you know self aware, and 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 to be yourself. Um, you know, I remember when I you know worked in in corporate America, and they made you take those tests, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. And yeah. and I knew what the job was that I was going for, obviously. So that's how I answered the questions. You know, yeah. I would sit there and think, oh, okay. You know, I tried to outsmart the test. Now, the really good <laughs> tests are written so that you can't do that. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, and you do it in the interviews too, all the time. You know, they, they want to, right. you know, I'm, I, I'm teaching people how to do public relations. Well, then I'd better be outgoing, you know, yeah. and, and friendly. Okay, so that's the way I've got to be in the interview, whether that's who I am or not. Um, you know, and, and so I think... Y- and it's funny because millennials, you know, everybody's like, ew, millennials. <laughs> this is kind of where they're, they're excelling in this. They're definitely the, you know, this is who I am. You take, take it or leave it. This is who I am, which, you know, we can't scoff at that because that's how they were raised. Um, right. You know, and, and I always find that funny when people are like, oh my gosh, it's like, right. Well, you guys are the parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, they, they really do. And, and I, I, I love that when they're like, you know what? And, or they might say this job is not what I want. Or, you know, they, they'll research companies. I love it when they really want to make sure that the values are aligned. You know, is this a philanthropic based company? Now, you know, there are people who they want to make money. That's yep. their goal. And you know yep. what? There's nothing wrong with that. That's how, you yep. know, many things get ahead. So that's yep. why they go to work for companies who kind of have that driving type of, of thing. But it's, it is interesting that now even, you know, people in my generation and, and, you know, are saying, yeah, that's not really what I want to do. And, and I love the great pause that you were saying, you know, because now might be the time to be thinking, you know what? I, I, I wasn't a perfect fit there. And I, and I shouldn't say perfect because nothing's ever perfect, but it's like every Monday I thought, I got to go to work. And every Friday at noon, you're going time to go, time to go, time to go. Um, you know, and, and so then it's time to sit down and think why, why was that? Was it me? Was it the work environment? Was it the people I was working with the tasks I was doing? All of those things. And the cool thing is, I think when we come out of the pandemic, it's going to be totally different. Most people are not going to go back to be doing the exact same thing they were before um, right. for a variety of reasons. You know, the, the, um, you know, the workplaces will have, have changed. There's going to be a lot yeah. of people who are still going to be working at home. Or they're going to be working yep. split shifts or, you know, um, and, and, you know, big part of this uh, obviously does pertain to kids because if employers know, you know, our, our yep. employees still have their kids at home, we have to adapt to that, um, you know, and, and so that's where it's going to get interesting because I think people are really going to put their hands up and say, I do work better from home or, you know what, I didn't like it. 
I need to come into an office. <laughs> um, my husband's like that. He does not like yeah. not working, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, and, and whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I mean, you know, that's all, all part of this, but yeah, it's, it's six months from now, I think is about when things hopefully will start calming down, shaking down, and we'll start seeing how a lot of this ha- has, has uh, kind of come to fruition. I agree. I, I mean, I think there are going to be some things that are just kind of per- permanently, maybe permanent is the wrong word, but are going to be changed, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times when I work with clients and, and, and maybe they're looking to make a transition in jobs mm-hmm. or they're just launching out of college or mm-hmm. something like that, and they're trying to find, you know, I often encourage them, not often, I always encourage them mm-hmm. is to start the, the job search by defining mm-hmm. their ideal quality of life, right. right? So, you know, what, again, kind of going back mm-hmm. to some of those values, but if you, if you were to think about I had a, someone was a, a friend of mine who was just helping his son who was mm-hmm. looking for his first job, you know, just kind of get an idea of what mm-hmm. he should be looking for. And, and I know him very well and he values his freedom and independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, it, he is unrelenting and uncompromising mm-hmm. in, in those values. And so he took his first job, even despite some of the things I had suggested with a mm-hmm. company that really didn't provide much freedom um, right. or independence. It mm-hmm. had a very traditional, you know, mm-hmm. kind of schedule mm-hmm. and, and that, nothing wrong with that. He just right. was a really bad fit for mm-hmm. him. They wanted them there at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., mm-hmm. um, you know, and there wasn't really any, um, mm-hmm. you know, leeway in that. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to say, you know, here in Newport Beach, if there was, you know, great surf in the morning, right. why does it matter yeah. if I want to catch some waves? If I get my work done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I, I get that, but you're fighting against, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the structure of, right. of this company. It's just mm-hmm. not a good fit. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, that did bear mm-hmm. out and he ended up, uh, you know, not so much following my advice, but just following his values, I'll, mm-hmm. I shall say, and, right. and, you know, looking at his that self-awareness mm-hmm. and he has a job now that provides him tremendous freedom mm-hmm. and he's able to go and get, and surprisingly enough, while he always would complain about showing up at 9am, you know, mm-hmm. for this previous job. Um, when it comes to being able to do things on his own terms, mm-hmm. he wakes up at like 5 a.m., right? right? So when it's on his terms, mm-hmm. he has no problem waking mm-hmm. up early, putting right. in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you don't have that inner harmony, that self-awareness, mm-hmm. you're often fighting against yourself, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you may not understand, why do I keep doing these self-defeating patterns right. or behaviors? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I think when you really understand what motivates you and you know, what, what, what lights you up, what's important mm-hmm. to you. Um, a lot of times you remove that kind of inner resistance mm-hmm. and you're able to go with the flow instead right. of against the flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I worked with somebody like that one time, except it was the opposite. Um, we were, it, we worked for an agency and an advertising agency where you never knew from, you know, one minute to the next, what was going to happen. We had a variety of clients I, you can imagine, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I love just going here to there, to here, there, to here, there, you know, whatever. And this, this woman who worked there, that was the worst thing in the world to her. She wanted the structure. She wanted to know that at nine, 10, she would be doing X and, you know, and, and so she lasted a while because she, she did the logistics, which we did need somebody who was, you know, into structure to, to do things like that for us, but it was just really too much. And she went to work for um, a telephone company, which, I mean, it was very structured and, and she just, that was the greatest thing in the world for her, Um, you know, and, and, and so, you know, what I like is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there for people to find what works for us. And then of course, you know, you have all these little entrepreneurs and small business owners who just do it on their own. 
Um, yeah. you know, but that's where it's tricky too, because they all think this is what it's going to be like to be an entrepreneur, to own my own business. And usually it's pretty far from that. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, you, you don't realize, oh my gosh. I mean, like I spent half a day today doing invoicing and monthly reports. Oh yeah. Do I like that? No. Does it have to be done? Of course. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of business owners, you know, we talk about structure. You know, they, they think, oh my gosh, I have to work 24-7. One of the things that I learned very early on was to set office hours, to yeah. convey those office hours to my clients. And, you know, and, and I always loved it when they'd say, but you work from home. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm probably going to check an email at 10 o'clock at night or on a Saturday or whatever. But I, I learned the easy way around this. If they said, we need you to do X, and it was a weekend, it was an evening, it was a holiday. Sure, I'd be more than happy to. Here's my holiday rates, which are usually nice. about twice as much. And, yeah. you know, and there are times well, where, yes, there is something that, that has to be done. Um, but for the most part, they discovered it could wait to Monday. Um, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and that was, the, but you know, that's, that is one of the hard things to, to do and, and setting your own rates, you know, what are you valuing what you do? I mean, all of those yeah. various things oh, yeah. that tends to be, you know, and, and, and it, that comes back to being authentic to yourself. You know, yeah. one of the, the things, and, and I've talked to a lot of women who, and, and it'll be interesting, you know, who undervalue themselves because we just don't think we should charge that because we have to be nice. We have yeah, to, you know, we yeah. have to, you know, all these things. And, and I don't want to tell somebody, oh, nah, my hourly rate's one fifty an hour. You know, and, and, or same thing with, you know, I, I have a friend who, um, she is a negotiations expert and right. she works with women and, and her big thing is working with them when they're negotiating salary. Yeah, because nice. women almost always under negotiate, um, you know, and 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 because we don't want to. There's there's just a variety of things in our culture, especially you know we don't want to be that <clears throat> B word, um, yeah. and there's several Bs that you could put in there, you know, and and <laughs> and or pushy, you know, and and all of these yeah. things. And so it's yeah, if you're if we're authentic to ourselves, we're going to go. Uh, uh-uh, I'm worth that. That's right. That's right. I, I love that. You know, I think finding your and I don't mean to keep hammering this idea of the core values home, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. some of the research that's really interesting that, you know, really was enlightening for me as I was putting mm -hmm. the course together, um, you know, doing simple core values affirmations, mm -hmm. you know, tends to be correlated with increasing self-worth right. and self-esteem, mm -hmm. right? And so when you simply just align yourself with saying, mm -hmm. these are the things that are important to me mm -hmm. and these are the, how they, I want them to show up in my day-to-day -day mm -hmm. life, you know, it really helps to increase and it also tends to make you self-doubt less. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there are probably some great, well, not probably, there are some great strategies that you can do heading mm -hmm. into those negotiations mm -hmm. to really bolster that right. self-worth mm -hmm. and recognize, you mm -hmm. know, kind of the value that you have going mm -hmm. in. And um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think that's so significant. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted to, to say, you know, with authenticity, I, I sometimes pushback that I get Related to, I get those notions of how authenticity is almost like weaponized in a way to say mm -hmm. that it's, mm -hmm. you know, but, but I tend to get, you know, even on some of the, the videos and content I create mm -hmm. um, that I think explains authenticity fairly well, people pushing back saying, you know, that what I'm suggesting is a selfish perspective, you know, on, on living life or valuing kind of self. It kind and, of is, but why is that wrong? 
Well, and, and I agree. And I, I think, <laughs> you know, choosing to, uh, you know, I refer to living life inside out. So mm-hmm. by first honoring, right, kind of mm-hmm. who you are, what's important to you, right. and really getting in touch with that first. Mm-hmm. But authenticity, at least in the way that I understand it, does have a clear social responsibility. We mm-hmm. recognize we're yes. social creatures, mm-hmm. right? And we are committed to bringing, you know, our character strengths and our virtues, being mm-hmm. kind and respectful in these things. Mm-hmm in a non-transactional way, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to be kind and generous and gritty mm-hmm. and resilient, right? Because it's, you know, rewarding mm-hmm. in itself to do those right. things. And so now, someone, some, sometimes people bring up, but what if someone's being really disrespectful to me, right? Mm-hmm. Am I still committed? And um, I, I certainly think it is important to set boundaries mm-hmm. and to stand up for yourself. Um, but I also am careful not to try and say that, you know, we should be kind in conditional, you know, kind of standards. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, you know, sometimes, especially uh, in contentious relationships, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of that sense of, well, I'm not going to be nice or I'm not going to be forgiving because, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's not going to work or I know mm-hmm. that person's not going to do that. And it creates a feedback loop, right? right where they just kind of repeat the cycle mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah. So I think the only way to get mm-hmm. out of that is to create your own standards mm-hmm. for what it means for you to be a good person and to right. treat people the way you want to treat mm-hmm. them but you're doing it because it's your standards. You're not doing it because it's going to get you some reward. You're mm-hmm. not doing it because, yeah, you know, I think sometimes the example I give on this, maybe it's not the greatest example, but I love to hold the door open for people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's one of those things that's polite to do mm-hmm. right. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I understand not everybody appreciates that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get in the trap of holding the door open. And as people are walking through, I find myself looking to see, are they going to say thank you? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole way through yeah. I'm watching. And if they are don't. Are they going to acknowledge me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I feel irritated if they don't. And even mm-hmm. if I do get a thank you, it really, it's, it's like, it was obligatory, right? That's what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do. Right. Thanks. Now, mm-hmm. Yeah. When I do it because it's my own standard, right? And mm-hmm. I just say, hey, I want to hold the open because I just mm-hmm. think it's a polite thing to do. Right. And whether someone says thank you or not, mm-hmm. I feel the sense of satisfaction mm-hmm. of knowing that I was true to myself. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, as they are walking through, mm-hmm. it's amazing. The difference for me mm-hmm. is I walk away from that simple, really simple encounter. Right. And I feel so much more satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think intrinsically motivated virtue is mm-hmm. one of the most powerful things that we can bring into the world. Mm-hmm. So choosing to be kind because it's, there's no ulterior motive, right? right? I'm not looking for payment. I'm not looking, mm-hmm. it's just the impact I want to have on mm-hmm. someone. Um, we know that, you know, the impact it has on the other person is substantial. Mm-hmm. And even in a culture, like a family setting. So if I do an act of kindness for my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, my son watching that is more inclined to do something kind mm-hmm. by simply observing a kind right. act as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, doing a kind act or being virtuous mm-hmm. because there's some reward in it is not necessarily bad. Right. But it doesn't have the well-being mm-hmm. uh, impact or mm-hmm. kind of uh, benefits right. that it would when you do it because it's mm-hmm. just who you want to be and it's mm-hmm. its own reward. Right. You know, and, and it's tricky because we don't want to, at the same point, be taken advantage of. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, a simple thing would be, you know, holding the door open. Five minutes later, you're still standing there holding the door open because <laughs> everybody, you know, or, but, you know, in business practices, you know, we're like, okay, it now might be a really good example of this. You know, I know that you're struggling financially because everything that's going on. So I'm going to give you a discount of 10%. Right. And they go, oh, and you're like, okay, 15%. Well, at 15%, you're losing money. You know, but you were nice to them. You felt better. You know, or the, you know, and, and 
and and you know and and there are the people who will deliberately take advantage i mean you know yeah. there's there's just yeah. that but there are also the people that if you said you know what i'm sorry i just can't do that or i can only do it for 2 months or you know whatever they're going to understand because they know yeah. what's going on in the world too so it is it is okay. difficult because we don't want to be taken advantage of we don't want to you know get pushed too far yeah. but we still have to be true to ourselves yeah, I mean, that that's such a great point. Um, so I appreciate bringing that up. You know, I, I think, and, and this is a little different than certainly holding the door where you may not have much uh, control over who's walking in and out of it, mm-hmm. but who you do business with. Right. You know, I was having a, a discussion with someone the other day and mm-hmm. we were talking about, again, the, their core values and whether or not they were choosing clients that clearly mm-hmm. aligned, right, with mm-hmm. their core values. And it's interesting because on their corporate page and their business page, they have all their company values mm-hmm. listed out. So I said, well, what are your personal core values? Do they match? And the person right. said, personal core values. Yeah. And I was like, they, they had never stopped to even think mm-hmm. about core values from a personal standpoint. Right. And so, you know, help them to realign mm-hmm. so that they're, you know, I, I think it's really, really important that you're, you have one set of core values mm-hmm. that is operating, you know, for who you are at work right. and who you are at home. Mm-hmm. I think in the opposite of that, mm-hmm. you are having to compartmentalize, right? Mm-hmm. I'm this person you'd, you'd referenced earlier. I know I'm jumping a little bit here, but about the idea of, of your identity being in your work, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I see that happen a lot mm-hmm. in a very uh, negative way mm-hmm. where someone's identity is so wrapped up in what they right. produce, the income they provide. Mm-hmm. And so they take that same identity, right? Where maybe they are, you know, an excellent closer or they're, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really good at work. Mm-hmm. And then they don't know how to switch that off when they get right. home. And so right. all of a sudden they're trying to put that same, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. And they're mm-hmm. getting feedback at home that, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I need you to be, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not your whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And it's tough for them to be able to switch gears mm-hmm. and to completely almost shift kind of identities or personalities. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes what happens is that they either double down on kind mm-hmm. of trying to force their will onto the family, which mm-hmm. just creates more division and separation. Right. Or they end up, you know, kind of retreating to work because it's like at work, I'm being successful, I'm getting mm-hmm. all this great feedback. And at home, I'm being told, right, that I'm failing on some regard. Mm-hmm. And so it's really difficult. And, and one of the things that I, I try and encourage for them to do is to say, hey, look, you know, this idea of being a split actor where mm-hmm. you're having to compartmentalize, mm-hmm. like I just don't, I think that's going to be extremely difficult for you right. to be successful in all areas of life. Mm-hmm. But if we find that one set of core mm-hmm. values that, that works effectively for you mm-hmm. in all areas of life, it simplifies. Right. And it's so much easier than mm-hmm. to be able to switch from being on at work mm-hmm. and then coming home and being able to bring the full force of your mm-hmm. presence into those interactions. Right. But I think in the absence mm-hmm. of that, um, you know, I think it, it can be extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, and what makes it even worse is when we've taken on a false role at work. So maybe you're a manager. Yeah. And so you think, okay, managers have to be mean. They have to be gruff. They have to, you know, they can't ever ask about, you know, somebody's weekend or or whatever. And um, there are people who are like that. Yeah, we probably all worked for them. But, you know, if if that is not the way you are, that's just, I mean, that's a a recipe for disaster, Um, you know, and, and, you know, at some point, something's going to break, you know, and, and, and it is hard because, you know, you might be expected to be something at work. And that's just not, and, and so again, you know, maybe that's just not where you're supposed to be or more importantly, talk to somebody about it. You know, if, if your manager, you know, you know, go to them and say, this is not me. You know, I can't be this mean person that never socializes with the people I work with. Yeah. They might go, well, 
no, we don't want you to be like that. You know? <laughs> or, hey, you're such a valued employee. Let's find a different role for you. You know, and, and, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things, I, and, but it comes back to that, you know, we're, we're scared. You know, we, we don't want to make waves. We don't want to cause problems. So we're just going to kind of go with the flow. Yeah. I, you know, I think the uncertainty certainly that we're mm-hmm. feeling now, and I think that can exist mm-hmm. in life in general, so much ambiguity mm-hmm. and uncertainty, um, but it tends to really, you know, kind of uh, affect the, it's the amygdala in the brain. So mm-hmm. it, it's the fear center. Right. right. And the more uncertainty that we feel, it, it really, the fear center of the brain tends mm-hmm. to take over and it shuts down our ability to like effectively problem solve. Right. Right. It shuts down our ability to really be creative. Mm-hmm. So we do tend to get more rigid in mm-hmm. the way that we deal with things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we were talking earlier about, I think, a comedy show that you had mm-hmm. watched after a, a mm-hmm. stressful mm-hmm. event. Oh, yeah. I love um, Lucy. Gotta, gotta yeah. love Lucy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I love that, you know, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, of research about, you know, even people that are, are sick in the hospital mm-hmm. and showing them comedy shows, the right. health benefits that, that mm-hmm. has. And we know that laughing and, and uh, feeling connected mm-hmm. when you're sh- stressed, you know, one of the most important things that you can do is taking time to connect with people right. that, that you care about. You get mm-hmm. this you know, neurochemical called oxytocin that gets mm-hmm. released, right? And it literally changes how stress affects you. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, when you're stressed and you feel isolated, your blood vessels tend to constrict in your heart, mm-hmm. which is not good for your heart over right. a period of time. Mm-hmm. But when you're stressed and you feel supported mm-hmm. and you are able to laugh and you're able to really feel connected, mm-hmm. it actually dilates the blood vessels mm-hmm. in your heart. So that's right. the term full heart comes from that. Mm-hmm. And so it's really good. And so, you know, just I think it's so important to make sure, going back to what you're saying, that, you know, we have a support system. We have people we're checking in with, right? We have sounding walls that we're able to, we trust and feel safe with, mm-hmm. right? That we can talk to and kind of say, you know, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling scared or, right. you know, I, I, am I off base in my leadership mm-hmm. style? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, you, are you familiar with the, the idea of psychological safety and kind of how that works? And no. Uh, so it, it's a uh, first time I heard of it was, and I can't remember the woman's name who uh, kind of coined the term, mm-hmm. but she was doing her dissertation on high performing hospital teams. And so they were looking at communication patterns mm-hmm. and they were surprised to find that the highest performing teams actually had the highest number of errors or reported errors, I should say. And so they were like, that has to be an anomaly. There, there's right. something wrong. Mm-hmm. So they dug a little deeper into it. And what they found was, is the highest performing teams had created a culture of psychological safety where everybody's input was really valued mm-hmm. and people felt the safety right. and freedom. So you might have more say, errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the worst performing teams mm-hmm. actually had some of the least number of errors right. reported simply because they felt they knew that there would be retribution if mm-hmm. they brought up an issue or they said that mm-hmm. this was a problem. And so things went unreported and it just created an overall mm-hmm. culture. So it's so mm-hmm. important, I think, you know, if you're a business owner or you're in a position to help influence culture is to make sure that, you know, you're trying to create a culture that supports and mm-hmm. emphasizes psychological safety. Right. It may not be fun dealing with some of those mm-hmm. reports or hearing that mm-hmm. there's problems. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And, and there's certainly ways to be able to do things. Um, you know, uh, you bring in an outside consultant. I mean, you know, that's, that's usually one of the things because you're not going to tell your boss, yeah. I'm sorry, Andy, you're a really <laughs> bad boss. But I might tell somebody else, you know, so we just don't click, um, you know, and, and things like that. So that might be what happens. You know, we, we all love the, the suggestion boxes. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and things like that. But, you know, it's, it is, people need to be able to give feedback um, and know 
that it's not going to be ridiculed, scoffed at, all those other various things. You know, we've, we've probably all been in the position where we gave feedback to whoever, you know, to a spouse, to a teacher, to a parent, to a coworker, boss, whatever. And it was, well, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, why would we want to do that? You're an idiot. And so then the next time something comes up, you're not going to say anything. Doesn't matter, you yep. know, and, and so, you know, and it's hard because as the boss, as the spouse, as the whoever, that's, you know, that's, that's a little chink in your armor and you don't, you know, you don't want them to be saying, Hey, there's something wrong, but if it's healthy relationships, personal and business, it can survive that. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. And to, I mean, to me, I think that's what that having a healthy sense of identity is mm -hmm. so important. Right. You know, I think a lot of conflict tends to happen when there is, you know, an insecure identity. Mm -hmm. And so when you're hearing feedback that's telling you that you're not doing something well, mm -hmm. you know, and you start to think, well, is that a, a you know, criticism of who I am as a person? Mm -hmm. And it starts to feel like my identity is threatened, mm -hmm. right? right? People will really mm -hmm. fight back against that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, someone hears that they're selfish or they're mean. Mm -hmm. Right. And their idea of themselves is, you know, certainly very different than right. that. Mm -hmm. um, instead of listening and hearing mm -hmm. and being able to really, you know, have a meaningful conversation mm -hmm. where you're able to be persuaded by the other person, right? right? That uh, I care about this person. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what they're feeling. And even if my intentions are to be, you know, supportive, mm -hmm. clearly the impact is not having the impact that I right. want. So maybe I do need to adjust. Mm -hmm. But when you have an insecure identity, mm -hmm. I, I think it's very difficult to hear those things, right? Mm -hmm. Your very sense of self right. feels threatened. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, and and it doesn't matter what the role is. You know, you can you can very easily be threatened, and you know, and yeah. and and again, that's where it's it's tricky because we might know, okay, I'm a great boss, but I really wonder, am I a good friend, yeah. or you know, things like that. Yeah, no, I think that's such a, a great point. And, you know, one of the, the exercises that I have people go through uh, and going through the authentic growth blueprint, um, mm -hmm. it's called the best possible self. It's actually mm -hmm. a fairly well-known uh, positive mm -hmm. psychology exercise. I have tweaked it so it fits, you know, the overall theme mm -hmm. and some of the mm -hmm. principles we're teaching. But it, it asks you to go through and to define in three different roles, the three, you know, three mm -hmm. important roles in your life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, husband, dad, and, you know, as a business owner, it's mm -hmm. the three that I've, I've actually written mm -hmm. it in five roles, but, mm -hmm. and so, you know, it says, you know, this is who I want to be. These mm -hmm. are the types of feelings I want to create in other mm -hmm. people, right? These are the type of interactions I want to have. These are the values that I want to bring into that. Mm -hmm. And the neat thing about doing that exercise is it really creates like a, a mini blueprint mm -hmm. for the type of person I want to mm -hmm. be as a dad in these different roles. Mm -hmm. And that, that exercise is, is well studied and it actually tends to create more flow. And mm -hmm. so, you know, go into a flow state, mm -hmm. you know, because part of the conditions for flows that has to be intrinsically motivated, mm -hmm. it has to be something that's important to you. Mm -hmm. You have to get immediate feedback from your environment. And mm -hmm. so I've actually shared like my, uh, you know, best possible self as a husband to my wife. Mm -hmm. And so she has that sheet mm -hmm. and she will certainly hold me accountable sometimes uh -huh. and say, right. I, I think you might mm -hmm. be out of alignment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's fascinating because, you know, those are terms that I have identified as important to me. So when she's giving me feedback, mm -hmm. you know, that's saying I'm out of alignment with something that I've autonomous, like mm -hmm. I've freely chosen and mm -hmm. I've said that's important to me, I, I really don't feel defensive. I, mm -hmm. In fact, I actually often appreciate that she right. alerted like, me to the fact. Wait a minute. You know, I, I, I think that material things aren't important, but why did I think that new car was so important? 
Yeah, that's actually one that's we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> they call you beforehand. I know she did. She told me. Um, but you know, it's it, and and it, I think it it does come back to we've got time now, and we are thinking about things like this. Um, yeah. One of the coolest things that that I have heard frequently coming out of all of this is that people are truly enjoying spending more time with their family. Yeah. Yes, it's stressful. Um, you know, in 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 many ways, um, but. They're like, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that that my daughter thought this way, or that my son wanted to do this, um, you know, all those various things. And I, I love it. We've got a big trail behind our house, um, and actually, it's it's a hundred mile trail, so it's a big trail. But you know, it's a lot of people walk on it. It's it's you know, it's paved, it's shady, nice. you know, all these various things, and seeing all the families on it is so much fun, um, you know, and, and seeing them getting out. And I'm sure part of it is we got to get out. We got to get out of this house. We got to get out. Um, <laughs> so and it was funny because for a while it closed down. You know, they, they said, you know, we, as part of the social distancing, we just don't want you on the trails. And they policed it. <laughs> you know, they made sure you weren't out there. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was okay. They took it seriously. We were crushed. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, but we all knew. Okay, it's it's gonna open. It's gonna open. It's gonna open, and then whoo, there we all were again. Um, but I and I think you know I think one of the funny things is that that I've heard people say is you know I like spending time with my kids, and and it was more that that they hadn't you know like you mentioned you were working so much before yeah. that you didn't have that opportunity, and now people are like you know what. They're they're nice people. I like them, you know, and and I'm sure that the opposite is also happening. I mean, you know, there we're we're one of the the things that we keep joking about is you know with with some of the people I know is at some point the divorce lawyers are really going to have a good day, um, but you know that that maybe comes back to to the authentic. You know, you you realize this was not working, um, you know, and we can't make it work. You know, hopefully they, you know, might be able to try. And there's, you know, th- that's a whole different thing. But, um, but yeah, it comes back to, you know, the same thing with your job. This, this really wasn't what I want to do. Um, you know, is it going to be perfect? No. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's just not going to happen. Um, you know, but it, could it be better is maybe the thing. And, and, and that's where I think it really is going to be fun because we can go, you know, what? I, I did work better from home or, you know, not having to see Susie was a good thing. <laughs> you know? And just, you know, a lot of things like that. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and hopefully I think coming out of this, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be almost mandated is just to give more uh, freedom and autonomy, right. you know, giving mm-hmm. employees choices, mm-hmm. you know, right. I think, you know, research is really clear that when mm-hmm. we have, sometimes we don't want too many choices because mm-hmm. that can be overwhelming, right. you know, but giving them some simple choices, mm-hmm. I think makes them feel empowered, makes them feel like you right. care mm-hmm. um, and allows them to choose a situation. And when you're happy, you know, as mm-hmm. I think we were, t- I don't think we were alive mm-hmm. when we were talking about this, but you know, d- doctors that are primed mm-hmm. to laugh before they right. see a client, mm-hmm. a, a patient, you know, mm-hmm. tend to do a much better job of mm-hmm. diagnosing and creating mm-hmm. treatment plans. Well, the same is true for us at work. You know, mm-hmm. when, when we are happier, we just tend to do better work. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, valuing, you know, again, our mm-hmm. well-being, our emotional health, mm-hmm. uh, valuing authenticity, being true to ourselves, mm-hmm. um, I think is, is uh, an important part of not just being happy mm-hmm. and content and living your best life, but right. I think it's also where you're going to do your best work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love it by six thirty max, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm at home, um, you know, if I'm not finished with my phone calls, mm-hmm. my kids are banging on the door, you know? <laughs> and so like, I have to end things at that point. Mm-hmm. And 
I can't tell you how great it feels, you know, know. to have that level of excitement. Mm-hmm. And I, and, you know, my kids are, as you said, young. So I understand that, you know, that they may not do that, you know, in their teens. Pretty soon they're going to be, dad, no, no, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'm really savoring this time Mm -hmm. and really had Mm -hmm. a a conversation with a a good friend of mine who's a consultant for some Mm -hmm. really large organizations. And and we were talking about the idea of work-life balance and, Mm -hmm. you know, especially right now with people working at home, Mm -hmm. you know, the boundaries between work and Mm -hmm. and life are so blurred. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were talking about, that and, and I kind of you know introduced. I don't know if you heard the term work life integration. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a you know slightly different way to think about it, right? Where because there's know, no balance. Having, I mean, that just it, doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think work life the that concept you know mm-hmm. really kind of saw almost like work and life as these separate entities, mm-hmm. right? And I think you know ideally you are choosing a job that you know is a source of meaning, mm-hmm. it's a source of fulfillment. You know, you have relationships, you do things that feel purposeful. And so it really does align with an overall quality of life, mm-hmm. right, that, that you want to create. And mm-hmm. so, and then you're also like, you know, I had my kids with me all morning and mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, when my wife and I do it is I take on the kids in the morning and then we kind of switch. And, um, and so it's awesome to be able to have, I so mm-hmm. value, you know, that right. time with them in the morning mm-hmm. and I try and put all the electronics, right. They're mm-hmm. all gone in the way and I'm just really present. Mm-hmm. And so my work and life, right. Like they mm-hmm. really do kind of interweave in a way mm-hmm. um, that for me, I think creates an overall quality of life right. that is, is really fulfilling. Right. And so, yeah. And figuring out those boundaries. Um, it's interesting. I've had a couple conversations recently with parents um, and, and, you know, we, we don't have kids and, and the cats are like, really, you're still here. Um, but you know, I, I talked to one who hired someone to, to basically be her child's companion because she said, you know, I still had to work. She needed attention. Yeah. Um, and then I talked with someone else who said, I'm not a good teacher. I know that that's, and she said, and that's not the role I want to be. She said, I want to be mom, you know? And, and she said, so we're making sure that we have tutors and, and people like that. And, and um, you know, and, and I know that's kind of watching some of the things that school districts are struggling with is trying to figure a lot of that out Um, because I mean, there's just so many issues. And and of course it didn't help that it was, this is happening tomorrow. You know, nobody had a chance to prepare. Uh, We didn't have a a chance to go, wow, do I have enough Wi-Fi? Um, You know, do we even have enough computers at home? You know, all of these various things. So that's, you know, that was the first couple months was just figuring all of that out. But then it was also the mindset. Um, and it's, it's funny, you've got a, a quote on your website that I love, and it says, the primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but your thoughts about it. And I tied that into something that I saw on Facebook, of course, that said, you know, we've got to stop thinking about it as we're stuck at home and rephrase it to mm-hmm. we're safe at home. Yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, I, now, granted, I, I had the inflection there on purpose, but it really is. I mean, stuck is kind of that word and we're safe. I mean, when you say safe, I mean, that, that just generates a totally different internal feeling. Um, you know, there are times where I'm, I'm like, I'm stuck at home. Oh my God, no, I need to go to the grocery store. I need to see people. Um, but I also know that it is the safest place to be. And so, you know, that's, and so it is, it's, it's how are you thinking about this? Yeah. I mean, it's so critical. It's amazing, amazing, a perspective mm-hmm. shift on something mm-hmm. as you pointed out very mm-hmm. well, right. That can completely change mm-hmm. the meaning of it, your feelings around it. Right. 
Um, you know, one of the things that you know we're doing certainly at home, and, and I've suggested with my clients right now, is kind of related to it's a concept known as a benefit finding exercise. Mm. But where you know when you are in a situation that's difficult, mm-hmm. you know, it's challenging, it's a struggle, mm-hmm. is to identify what do I have control over, mm-hmm. right? So the more that you can focus on what we right. call an inner locus of control, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have the ability to act on that or change mm-hmm. on that or to, to do something. The more you become consumed or overwhelmed or think about things mm-hmm. you don't have control over, it, it tends to shut you down. Right. It tends mm-hmm. to right, overwhelm you. And so, you know, identify what do we have control over? Mm-hmm. Um, what could we possibly learn in this situation, right? Not saying mm-hmm. that we want to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal. But the reality is, is, you know, this is, this is where everybody's at mm-hmm. right now. Right. And so, you know, is there something that we could learn in this that would be mm-hmm. beneficial for us? And is there a character strength we could develop in this process? Could mm-hmm. we become more resilient, right? Could we become um, more, you know, could we communicate more effectively as a family? Mm-hmm. Could we um, be more generous? Mm-hmm. And so it gives us a specific outlet to take our energy and be able mm-hmm. to make something beneficial come out of this. Right. And then there, is there some way that I could use this, you know, to benefit others? Can I mm-hmm. use it with my clients? Can I help other people mm-hmm. through this difficult situation and grow? So it takes mm-hmm. this, you know, kind of, you know, potentially negative energy and it mm-hmm. be, it's able to transform it into right. positive and meaningful growth and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, hopefully that's something that is helpful mm-hmm. for anyone else mm-hmm. listening, but right. I know it's really helped us to be mm-hmm. able to not feel so overwhelmed mm-hmm. with so many things that we just have no control mm-hmm. over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and there is, there's a lot, and it's not only that, that we don't have control over it, it's that kind of nobody does, um, yeah. you know, and, and so that's where it gets really weird, but it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, I always research and look at, at people's websites and things before. And so I was looking at your blog and I have to say the video with you and Ashley who's six and oh my gosh, she's just the cutest thing in the world. Um, you guys were talking about things that she has learned during this. And, and you know, my first thought was out of the mouths of babes yeah. because she simplifies it. You know, yep. she's, and, and I mean, that really is with kids, you know, they're not stopping to think, well, if this happens and that happens and this happens and this happens, she's like, you know what? I learned to be more compassionate. And first of all, I was impressed that a six-year-old knew what that word was, oh, yeah. but, um, but you know, yeah, I mean, she just, she's like, you know, and, and, and I love that, you know, one of the things you, you'd come across somebody who was mean, mean, yeah. and you were asking her about it and, you know, what, what should she do? And she said, I should pray. And I thought, you know, that is just the sweetest thing. <laughs> and so, you know, it, but it really is, I think that's, it, we as adults really start overthinking, overcomplicating. And maybe we just need to stop and think, okay, do I need to post that on Facebook? Do I need to say that to the person in the store? Do I like that they don't have a mask on? No. Is it my business? Not really. So I don't need to be saying, and I don't need to give them stink eye. Um, You know, what really bothers me about masks is people can't see when I smile. Um, and so I really make a point of saying hi, of waving, of doing whatever, if, you know, if they, obviously if they make eye contact, but yeah, I mean, it's just, that's, that's what bothers me about masks is all we're doing is seeing somebody's eyes. And then if you're like me and you've got glasses and things, you know, you, you, we're losing that personal connection. Yeah. You know, Which is not one of those, me. Sometimes they're not seeing me stick my tongue out either. So, <laughs> <laughs> good point. One of the things I remember learning from my my grandpa, and you know, especially the last ten years of his life, he and mm-hmm. I were extremely close. So mm-hmm. I got a chance to watch him really interact with people in, in you know in a variety of settings. Um, 
And he was amazing at remember people, remembering people's names. Mm. And so, you know, we go to Angels games because that mm-hmm. was one of our favorite things to do. And people inevitably start coming up to him. Mm-hmm. Carl, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but mm-hmm. I met you so many years ago, or my mm-hmm. dad, you know, worked for you or something along those lines. And he would always be like, you know, Tim or whoever their name Whoa. was, right? And you could oh, see. Oh, so they felt how, so special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was such a simple thing, right? Mm-hmm. It was really a simple thing, but he mm-hmm. took the time to make sure when he met people mm-hmm. that he imprinted upon his brain. You know, he had, mm-hmm. he had an eighth grade education, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, he, he really had a, a simple sense mm-hmm. of like what was important to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mean to say that, in, you know. But simple is sometimes education. the easiest and the best. Yep. Yeah. And it taught me the, you know, significance, importance of that personal connection mm-hmm. of how important that is. And and I'll, I'll never forget that, you know, he had a, a few year period of his life where he had so much adversity. You know, my, my aunt passed away mm-hmm. at a young age and was really tragic. Mm-hmm. He'd, you know, really almost been fired from his own company. Um, he had, had heart, open heart surgery. And mm-hmm. so really challenging time. Mm-hmm. And I was just pulling through a really difficult season in my life in large part because of the impact he'd had on, on me. Mm-hmm. And so I made sure to write him a gratitude letter, just mm-hmm. letting him know who he was. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of what I wrote to him is saying that as I watched him go through all this adversity, that mm-hmm. would have, you know, certainly been enough to make many people bitter or upset or mm-hmm. angry or things like that. His like character never changed, right? Mm-hmm. If you asked him how he was during that time, he would say, you know, he would say great with, he'd, he'd yell at, I'm great, mm-hmm. you know? And so you, you'd have no idea. And he stuck with all of the routines mm-hmm. related to his values, going to church every morning, you know, mm-hmm. praying, doing all these things. You know, he was, you know, raising, you know, uh, 12 kids and 50 Whoa. grandkids. Wow. And he still did an amazing job of mm-hmm. investing in each relationship because mm-hmm. when he was with you, you felt like you had his whole attention. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, I mean, those are, are life lessons mm-hmm. that I've certainly taken in, you know, and I've made them my own. Like mm-hmm. I don't I certainly don't have 12 kids and don't have 50 grandkids. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, really valuing the significance of each interaction mm-hmm. and really doing my best to try and really be present and, and mm-hmm. to listen and to hear and to, you know, hopefully convey to the other person when I'm with them, you know, how, how, how grateful I am mm-hmm. and how honored I am, you know, uh, to just be talking with them and, mm-hmm. and, and valuing that interaction. So anyways, that was part of with uh, my daughter, you know, that, that content piece, um, mm-hmm. she loved doing that. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if I let her, she would take over all my content. Oh yeah. And, and you can she'd do she, a great job with it. Yeah, she would. She's, and she's clearly <laughs> not shy at all. Um, but, and, and, you know, very well-spoken. I mean, that was, and like I said, she's six. So oh, yeah. you've done good. You and your wife, you've done good. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a psychologist for a dad and it's really, mm-hmm. she's got a values vision board you know, mm. like on in her thing and she can tell mm. you her character strengths and all those yep. things. So <laughs> yeah, I want to know who on their vision kid. board put all of this. I'm like, who screwed the world up by putting all of this on their vision board right now? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good, good mm-hmm. question. I'd like yep. to talk to them as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, take that off, take that off. No, yeah. no, no, <laughs> you know, but it's funny. I did a vision board for the first time this year and it's, it's actually hanging on the wall over here. Um, I have to lean back in my chair to see it. But it was very interesting to to do that, yeah. and and I've always kind of gone, oh how silly, yeah. how fluffy. I like it. I do look at it, and I think, okay, am I am I still being true to that? So yeah. you know, that's it, you know, everybody, you got time, do vision boards. <laughs> it's surprisingly, if, you know, the the version that I have people do, which mm-hmm. is is just a values vision. So identify right. the core values and mm-hmm. put stuff on there, mm-hmm. um, and. I can't tell you how many people that have done that who have, especially during, you know, this current mm-hmm. season of, of life, 
who have said how impactful it's been as a visual reminder each mm -hmm. day of what's really important to them mm -hmm. and helping them to consistently make decisions that mm -hmm. align with that and how they start funneling, right? Everything, right. what's not important is really mm -hmm. clear. And so they are able to remove stuff that's stressful mm -hmm. that just isn't significant. You know, I, I call it like being an authentic essentialist, mm -hmm. right? So you just keep radically focusing right. on what really is important and mm -hmm. prioritizing that. And not surprising when mm -hmm. you do that, you know, the value mm -hmm. of your time in life starts to really amplify in ways right. that I think are really cool. Right. Yeah. And then if something comes along that's kind of an outlier, then you think, okay, you know, should I do it? Do I have to do it? You know, all of those various things. And and sometimes you do. I mean, you know, there are just situations that yep. come up where you have to do something. But for the most part, you can go, no, that doesn't align with me. So I'm not going to do it. And yeah. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Yes. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> I think that was a very powerful statement. Cool. Um, the ability to say no to things is, is I know. so Oh, so yeah. Powerful. Saying no is, is it's, and, and that, that really is one of the hardest things um, is, you know, whether it's, because you don't want to hurt people. You don't want to, you know, all these various things. And, and, uh, you know, and you certainly don't want to tell a client or a customer or somebody, no. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there are definitely times where we need to, to know how to say no and, 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 and how to say no, you know, there's sometimes it's no, uh -uh. Um, you know, I've, I've had to tell people, you're not going to touch me. I'm sorry. No, no hugs. And, and I do the hand thing. I'm like, no, yep. um, you know, and, 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 but you have to be stern about it. And, and now if I yeah. giggled and said, no, no, then they're probably going to hug me yeah. anyway. Um, yep. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's in, but the, you know, there are definitely times where, you you might not be saying the word no, but you know it's it's in there. So yeah, there's a, a concept. I'll try and say this really quickly, but of authenticity versus attachment, and these right. two sometimes collide with each oh, other. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Do I choose to be true to myself, mm -hmm. or do I not want to upset this person? Right? Mm -hmm. Risk the the fact that right. this person might be upset with mm -hmm. me and lose this attachment. And when we choose attachment over authenticity, we get that immediate gratification mm -hmm. of feeling like we please right. someone, mm -hmm. but we pay a really big mm -hmm. long-term consequence, mm -hmm. right? A feeling like we weren't true to ourselves and right. all the impact that comes mm -hmm. from that. And so I think defining what it means to be true to yourself is mm -hmm. so important. So hopefully you can choose that more mm -hmm. often than not. Right. And, and ideally, when you really know what that is, then you can also choose to attach yourself to people mm -hmm. that align with that. Right. So that choice doesn't need to come up as, as mm -hmm. often. Right. And cut some people loose. Um, you yeah. know, that was one of the things that, that I discovered when I was ill. You know, some people, it was time for them to go for whatever reason. Um, and But the really weird thing was some of the people who were the most compassionate, most caring, most, or people I never, ever, I, some of them I didn't even know, knew I existed. Um, you know, wow. so that was very bizarre to, to see that, um, you know, and, and, and I mean, there were some people that are just gone from my life. They couldn't deal with yeah. it. And it's like, okay, you know, do I feel bad about it? A little bit, but it's, it's not worth getting upset for, um, you know, and, and maybe at some point I need to ask them, you know, what happened? You know, but, yeah. but it, but not because it's tied into, again, my self-worth more, more just out of curiosity than anything. Um, you know, I, I had one person that said, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you'd been sick. And here I was all ang angst yeah. that, you know, I hadn't heard from them. They just didn't know. Yeah. That's so powerful. I, that's something I try and, and do a lot. If I find myself really assuming, right, like mm -hmm. this person is upset with me or something like that, 
I try to get better and better mm-hmm. at checking out that person, right? right? Just saying, hey, look, instead mm-hmm. of me, you know, kind of ruminating on this. Oh, yeah, stop you know, telling those wanna... stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing how powerful it is when you just address it and deal right. with it. And more often than not, the person's like, no, I wasn't even thinking about that. You uh-huh. know, I put it to rest, mm-hmm. put it to bed and give me that peace of mind and that clarity. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. anyway, I love what you said. I think that cool. is really powerful. I love it. Well, oh my gosh, Dr. Andy, we are at the top of the hour. In fact, we're a little bit past that, but that's okay. Um, So tell people how they find you and connect with you. Awesome. Yeah. So my website is ag-thrive.com. So I'd love, you know, there's certainly several ways to get in touch with Mm -hmm. me there. Um, I know I would also love to offer a free giveaway. It's just a a simple video and a little decision-making matrix. Okay. That helps you to become a confident decision okay. maker in, in three steps. It gives you okay. a, a framework to okay. make decisions. We'll, we'll have that link in, in the show notes. Awesome. Perfect. I so, love it. Well, do you have any final thoughts for us? Uh, so grateful to have this conversation with you. So I mean, certainly want to acknowledge that and well, thank uh, you. Want to encourage people. I, you know, I really believe that virtuous, you know, virtue at scale is exactly what the world needs right now. So bringing mm-hmm. your kindness, bringing your generosity, bringing your integrity. Right, right now, and doing that, you know, um, on the largest scale possible um, is, I think, going to help us heal mm-hmm. a lot quicker and get us to a place where, you know, I think we can start feeling safer and start mm-hmm. operating it as the best versions of ourselves. So great. I love it. I love it. Well, again, you can find information about Dr. Andy Garrett at ag thrive.com. I'm Deb Creer. This has been wonderful. We have to do this again. Can't wait to do it again. But until then, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.